God, I'm tempted to lose hope because my dreams are shattered. I'm in so much pain, but I don't see you fixing things, and that hurts too. I know you see my pain, but I wonder if you'll do anything about it. I question your plan, why you aren't stepping in or healing this. I wrote those words in my journal during a time about eight years ago when God felt silent. Have you ever felt like God is silent in your struggle or your pain? Doesn't he care? Doesn't he see that you're lonely and hurting and rejected? You hold on to hope with everything you have and you cry out in anger, but God seems so distant. Why isn't he answering? Isn't he even listening? You know, the silence after a noisy, traumatic event like a marriage ending or a confession or admission to sin or even just the long, cold distance in your marriage leaves you in shock, feeling abandoned and surrounded by a deafening silence. What do you do now? Do you just suffer in silence? If you're in this season of silence, feeling like God just isn't interested in your suffering, or in healing or restoring anything in your life, here are four steps to follow when God seems silent. Go grab your copy and get ready, because here we go. This isn't a game of ding dong ditch, and don't worry, I'm not a solar panel salesman. I'm just here to see you, friend. Whether you have spit up stains and cluttered counters, or you're still in your heels from work and just getting dinner started, take a minute and come sit with me. Welcome to the JAR podcast with your host, Lydia, certified teacher, homeschool boy mom, oh Lord help me, and marriage ministry leader, bringing you tough lessons from my own journey to soul health and wholeness. Together each week, we'll discuss our struggles, pain, and shame. We'll combat labels and lies with biblical truth, and we'll work through our mess and come out stronger, more confident, and rooted in our identity in Christ. So move your pile of laundry over. Better yet, let me help you fold it while we talk. Thanks for letting me in. Now let's get real. My boys were all out of the house the other day. They'd gone somewhere and I was working on an episode and I planned on just kind of having some quiet time to myself because it's kind of hard to come by in a house with all boys. So I didn't turn on any music. I didn't have the TV on. And at first... The silence was really nice. Like I said, it's really hard to come by with two boys, a husband, and two male dogs. But the longer that it went, I became more and more aware of how loud the silence was. I could hear my heartbeat in my ears, and it kind of sounded like a buzzing sound. And I don't don't know if you've ever experienced that, but the silence was just kind of pounding. And I felt the impulse to turn on music, to go talk to the dogs, to turn on a TV show, because it kind of got uncomfortable. And although I started off enjoying it, it just became something that was kind of awkward. And I wasn't sure what to do. But it did lead me down this thought process of remembering times in my life when I have felt like God is silent, like he's not listening. The loudest silence that I've ever experienced was not even during my separation from my husband, although I did experience distance from God then, but God felt silent, honestly, long before anything happened. 
in my marriage. He felt silent and distant, and I felt lonely and really unsure of his hand on things before our separation. I remember struggling with it and feeling like I was standing in a crowded room, but no one saw me or that I was crying out to God and he wasn't listening. In one of those moments distinctively, I remember standing at the kitchen sink, washing dishes, and my younger son was dropping food on the floor from his high chair and my toddler was playing with cars on the couch. So it was noisy, lots of noise, but I felt silence at the same time. And I don't know if you know what that feels like, but I bet that you do. So here we are on Silent Saturday, as some call it. It's the day after Good Friday, and it's the day before Resurrection Sunday. This awkward day of silence in between two big events. And I've talked about this last year in another episode, uh, episode 62, waiting for a miracle or for God to move in your marriage, but nothing seems to be happening. Two signs of victory and hope on this silent Saturday before Resurrection Sunday. That's a good one to listen to if you are, you know, searching through the silence and looking for signs of hope, something to hold on to, that the good is coming. But today I really just kind of want to dive into what is silence? What does it mean? How do we get rid of it? What do we do with it? How do we handle it? You know, it's this awkward, sad, lonely, uncertain fear that can happen. And I think of, you know, the the disciples in the boat in the middle of the storm on the lake. That is not a silent time. It's loud and thunder and, and rain pouring all around them. And they're probably yelling at each other to make sure this doesn't fall off the boat or, you know, get water out of it, grab that bucket, scoop that out. And yet all the while Jesus is sleeping in the boat. That's just such a contrast to the noise the going on around them and the silence of Jesus sleeping. And that's how it felt to me. And I'm sure that that's how it's felt to you too sometimes. There is so much noise and turmoil, fear going on, anxiety going on in your heart, in your mind, in your marriage. And Jesus just feels like he's taking a nap. And you're like, dude, where are you? What are you doing? Why aren't you helping us? Don't you see this? I'm sure you have been there and maybe you're there right now. And that's kind of how I felt when I was standing at the sink that day and just feeling really distant. And on the silent Saturday after Jesus had just died on this cross and left his disciples to huddle in a little room together and wonder what's going to happen next. And they're afraid, they're confused, maybe a little bit hopeful because they think they know what he said and what's going to happen, but they're not sure. They're experiencing the loss and the grief of just having witnessed this really traumatic event of someone that they love and questioning, why isn't he here? He should be here. He just left us. And I know what it's like to suffer in silence, waiting for that hope, unsure if healing will come to my heart or to my marriage. And so if you're there today, you're grieving a loss, a separation or divorce, or even just emotional distance between you and your husband. Maybe you're in that place of this really awkward silence in between despair and joy, between brokenness and healing. 
the unknown, the fear, the crippling loneliness, you're feeling that really deep pain. Maybe it's the day after something major has happened, like your husband's just dropped a bomb and confessed something to you. Or it's years later after a trauma or a big falling apart, a discovery, and you're in that now what moment. And maybe that now what moment's been a really long time. Your mind is racing, or maybe you're just done letting your mind race and you're just kind of wallowing in this weird space of silence. You hope it's just a nightmare that you wake up from, but you wake up on Saturday and it's silently eerie. It's not a dream. It's a very real, never-ending nightmare. The good you had wanted, the thing that you thought was going well or you were hopeful would get better is suddenly not better. It's gone. It's torn apart. And you are stunned into silence. And God feels pretty silent too. You know, according to the dictionary, silence is two things. As a noun, it's the absence of any sound or noise. It's stillness. As a verb, silence says to put to rest, to quiet. And in parentheses, it says doubts, fears, etc. To put doubts, fears, to rest, or quiet. And as I was reading both of those definitions, I felt a sense of peace, but I also felt a sense of power. Silence, when Jesus chose it, and when God used his power to silence an enemy, it was used as a, as a weapon. It, it was a powerful thing. As I was looking through the word silence throughout scripture, looking for you know, examples to talk about here. Almost every single one was used alongside of God's power. So as we get into this, I just want you to keep that in mind that when silence feels like a deficit, when it feels like God has turned his back, just know that there's something powerful happening, whether it's happening right now in the silence or it's coming. He is working in your silence and he is moving. There's a quote that I found by a woman named Shelley Dirk. It says, why did God not roll that stone away the very moment that it closed? Why place a silent Saturday between destruction and resurrection? And I think that's such a powerful question that a lot of us wrestle with after we experience a loss or something sad or destructive in our hearts or in our relationship, before any healing comes, there's this space in between that we're not quite sure what to do with. For me and my marriage with our separation, that was seven months. Seven months of silence, tears, struggling, fear, all of that. I think sometimes God gives us that space to wait, to grieve, to sit and feel something to cry out to him from our from our pain even to wrestle with our own fears and doubts he gives us that space as an opportunity to lay our burdens down at his feet and come to him even if we can't really sense an end result or outcome it's an opportunity to draw near to him and see what he's doing so i think that saturday is there to remind us that there is no suffering 
that we endure that Jesus himself hasn't already gone through. No matter how painful this feels right now, Jesus laid down his life for you and then went through a day of battling against the enemy for you until God raised him back to life. That painful, silent Saturday sweetens that loud sound of joy and hope that we typically experience on Resurrection Sunday when we get all excited and we're just filled with that joy and everyone's clapping and singing loud. If it weren't for that silent Saturday in between, would the impact be the same? Would the joy be the same? It's kind of like when you're a kid and you're waiting for something big and exciting to happen, whether it's a birthday or for me, my dad coming home from deployment or something exciting happening. We've been waiting for so long and it finally happens and the joy is just that much more sweet. So there's this trust that we have to have about how God is using that silence. And like I said, to him, silence is strength. It's in the weakness that we get uncomfortable and just start talking. (laughs) In our marriage group that we help lead sometimes, we have this rule called the 80-20 rule. And as a teacher, I had this too. And in the classroom, it was called the five-second wait rule, where I would ask a question to the classroom, and I would have to wait for five to ten seconds for someone to respond or raise their hand. And those five seconds feel like minutes. And in our marriage group, my husband had a really hard time with the 80-20 rule, where 80% of the time the group is supposed to talk, and 20% of the time we as facilitators were supposed to talk. So obviously we were meant to ask a question and let them get the conversation going. But sometimes these questions were hard or it was a hard topic, and people would be quiet for a while, and it's uncomfortable. And I could just see my husband start to squirm and fidget and really want to say something, and sometimes he would, and I'd stick my foot behind his his calf and like, mm, not yet, not yet, <laughs> and try to encourage that wait time because the silence doesn't feel like something good. It feels wrong. It feels opposite of what we're supposed to do, and it's really difficult to hold back and have patience to listen. And yet, when I think of God, there are so many instances, and he just had the wisdom of when was the right time to lead with, you know, a charge, a sound, and when it was time to be silent and wait, and how he used silence against the enemy, or when he was silent before his accusers, when they were demanding answers from him, and his silence silenced them. And it doesn't scare him or unnerve him. He's comfortable in it, and he has a purpose in it. He knows exactly what he's doing with it. Sometimes it's like the strong dad who just, he's holding us. Maybe, you know, when you used to fall down and scrape your knee or something would happen, fall off your bike, and dad was there to hold you, and he's not saying a word, just holding you while you cry until your sobs stop and you just take that breath of rest. He's right there the whole time. Just because he's not saying anything doesn't mean he's not there holding you. There's a line from a Jeremy Camp song that says, I know the one with the power is never the one who is shouting. And so we have to learn 
to lean in to hear him and pay attention. Draw near to him because he's saying something in the silence. He's just not going to shout it at you. Another time the silence seemed really loud to me was when we were in our early years of marriage with two small kids. That is not a silent time physically with crying babies and toddlers talking constantly. But it's sometimes emotionally silent. Maybe you know what I'm talking about. And I know there are some of you in the Facebook group that talk about this too. One of you just posted recently about you're in the thick of I've got a new baby and things used to be this way and now we're even struggling to communicate and there's just this awkward distance between us and the silence and I don't know what to do with it and why is it there? You know, my husband would avoid conflict at all cost and I would sometimes respond by withdrawing, creating this even wider gap of silence between us. And God sure felt silent then too. And I remember just wondering, what is this weird thing here? Didn't God see how my husband wasn't stepping up and I was doing it all? I just want to kind of caution you there because if you have that tendency too, where in the silence you start to complain and get critical or assume, that can be a really dangerous road. And... I have seen where that ends up, uh, potentially, and it's, it's not pretty. And it's even more painful. So what we do in the silence matters. Do we fill it with meaningless noise? Do we complain or seek entertainment to distract? We veg to numb. Maybe we have a temporary relationship to avoid the void inside. What do you do? instead if it's not any of those things do you just suffer in silence and stuff it down and nobody knows about your pain are you allowing this silence that you're feeling to put your fears your doubts and your pain to rest Habakkuk chapter 1 verse 2 says oh Yahweh how long shall I cry for help and you will not hear or cry to you violence and you won't save Job 31.35 says, Oh, that I had one to hear me. Let the Almighty answer me. Oh, that I had the indictment written by my adversary. Psalm 22 says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning? I cry by day, but you do not answer. And by night, but I find no rest. And if you look through my journals from... Eight years ago, a lot of what I said sounded just like that. Where are you, God? What are you doing? You feel so far away. And so today, if that is you, if you're in that spot, first of all, you're not alone. And it's not a unique struggle. If these men and these people from thousands of years ago, we're writing these same things. It is a familiar struggle. And it might feel overwhelming and lonely to you right now, but I can tell you that it's, it's reassuring to know that the struggle is not unique to you. And it is something that all of us experience at some point. And there are steps to take, ways out, things to do. 
and things to learn. So the first thing, and I had to start here because sometimes it is self-inflicted. What I mean by that is sometimes the distance between you and God is because you have turned your back on him. If you can't hear someone calling out to you, maybe it's because you left them in the dust. When we sin, if we have sin that we have not confessed, that causes this gap, this space between you and the Lord. You know, if my kid takes off on his bike down the street when I told him not to, and he ends up further down the street to the point where he can't hear me calling, and then he falls off his bike and wonders where I am, and I'm standing there thinking, hello, I just told you to stay right here. Sometimes we do that. Sometimes we are the ones that leave. We are the ones that go off and do our own thing thinking it was the right thing and then we fall and realize there's no one around to help sometimes it's a matter of repentance and it's worth bringing your sin laying it down or even asking god to reveal because if there's this distance that you're feeling and you feel like god is silent have you even started yet with examining your own heart maybe you think you know why god is silent but and i'm not saying this is Some people are really quick to say, well, you need to repent. Okay, well, I don't know your relationship with the Lord. And maybe you have and God is teaching you something in this silence. And it's not a matter of repentance, but sometimes it is. And so this is just the first step to think about, to potentially take. If you're questioning why you can't hear him, maybe it's because you have gone too far off the path. And so if it's something that you've done, And it's time to examine your heart and confess and repent and start returning to God. That's when the silence is going to break because you're going to come back to him and have a conversation with him. The second step is to remember, to remember his character, remember what he has done for you. Right now on Silent Saturday, we just came out of Good Friday, remembering his sacrifice. My family and I sat around the table and it was a little bit difficult to get the kids to sit still long enough to have a conversation and not just want to run off. But we sat around and we we talked about it and we were reading some scripture and asking each of the boys, what does God's, what does Jesus's sacrifice on the cross mean to you? What does that do for you? And trying to draw more out of my younger son and keep my older son from interrupting him and explaining everything (laughs) but it was worth having the discussion because it is so important to remember what he's already done for you so that when you're in these seasons of silence and wondering where he is you can trust his character the silence that is there is potentially teaching you something and you can trust his strength in that you can rest even in the silence so in remembering good friday and his sacrifice isaiah 53 4 and 5 says surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering yet we considered him punished by god stricken by him and afflicted but he was pierced for our transgressions he was crushed for our iniquities the punishment that brought us peace was on him and by his wounds We are healed. Even if you don't feel healed, you don't feel whole. You're sitting in this silence, in this waiting, and in your pain, and you think that the not yet 
means never. That the not yet means he doesn't love you. Just look at what he's done. When our sin gave him the silent treatment, he could have responded with, fine then, good luck down there. But instead, he came to us and he took action and he showed us love anyway. And he didn't just do that, then return to heaven. He gave us the Holy Spirit to minister to us, to comfort us, to speak to us, to sit with us in these silent moments, if we're listening closely enough. So we can trust the action that he's taken out of love to come toward us, to trust that his character is good when we feel like he's silent. The third step is to rely on that character. You know, if I wasn't waiting and praying for my marriage in my seven months of my quote-unquote silent Saturday of pain and brokenness and loneliness, would I have seen the hand of God or heard his voice or seen the work and witnessed his gentle guidance as clearly? Probably not. If I had spent that time of my separation filling it with noise and distractions and anything to not feel the pain, I would not have seen God move like I did in these little special moments that only, I mean, and I've shared about some of them here on the podcast, but they are so special to me. And they're those intimate moments that built my trust, that showed me more of his character. In that silence, he was showing me that. So you can count on his character to, in the silence, be leading you, guiding you, showing you, but you have to get quiet. And so part of relying on his character is knowing him well. You know, if you are a believer, you know that to get to know somebody, you have to spend time with them. So going to the word, reading the Bible, what does it say about him? You can't rely on your feelings right now you're going through so much pain those feelings are not trustworthy even though they're real they're not trustworthy to tell you truth they're going to lead you to assumptions and and believing things that aren't true they're saying things like god's abandoned you just like your husband did they're saying things like no one will ever love you again you are damaged goods god's word says see i'm doing a new thing do you not see it It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. It says, See, there is therefore now no condemnation in those who are in Christ Jesus. So in this silence when maybe your mind is similar to mine, where your inner thoughts start to get loud and try to fill that space, Instead, turn to the word and trust and rely and remember his character and stop those thoughts from taking over and getting louder. The fourth step is to rest and even wrestle in the silence. Let that silence draw you in and don't try to fill it. Just sit in the tension of the already of what he's done and the not yet of what he's doing. Just spend that time soaking in the silence. Wonder about it. Pour your heart out. Sit with him. God has so much to say to you, to show you. How can you hear him if you're filling the silence with your outbursts and questions and complaints and excuses? Maybe he has an even bigger revelation for you and something really special he wants to show you or teach you and he's drawing you in. 
Like when my sister and I would go on adventures with my dad when we were little, we would come to a clearing or to a spot where there was, you know, an animal or something. And we would crouch down and my dad would shush us and he would motion for us to just listen and look. And he has a really famous saying, (laughs) just eyes and ears. We would want to ask a question. He would say eyes and ears. And he just wanted us to sit there and listen and observe and just kind of see what conclusion we would come to or did we see that little bird over there do we hear the grass moving in the wind he taught us how to be comfortable in the silence and this wasn't the time for asking questions or squirming but sitting still and watching and of course he was also really good at showing us in the bird book that we brought along what bird it was or we would talk about it afterwards but there was a time to be silent And there's a verse that I want to leave you with, and it says, For God alone my soul waits in silence. From him comes my salvation. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. I'm going to read that again. For God alone my soul waits in silence. So if you are waiting for something to happen in your life and you feel like God is silent, wait on the Lord, and he will renew your strength. You will rise up on wings like eagles. You will walk and not grow weary. You will run and not faint. He is moving in your silence, and he's showing you something. Are you listening? Loads of love, Lydia. Second Corinthians chapter 4 verse 15. All this is for your benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. I'll see you next Saturday, same time, same place.